بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الحمد للہ ابو بکر رضی اللہ عنہ he still gives orders for the army of Osama to leave so the companion said it's hardly advisable to send this main army out now you let your rule stabilize and then you can send the army out and he said no because Rasulullah gave orders I'm not going to put the flag down which Rasulullah gave an order to send out secondly He's defending the capital, Al-Madina, with battles against the hypocrites and mischief mongers. So there was literally an intention of the munafiks to destroy the holy city. And Abu Bakr Siddiq mounted a defense of the holy city, not only against the hypocrites, but mischief mongers. Thirdly, he's sorting out those who refuse to pay the obligatory zakat. So some of those who had embraced Islam, they weren't really firm in their religion. So they thought this zakat that we paid was a tax that we gave to Muhammad So when he passed away, they thought we don't need to give this. So Abu Bakr Siddiq had to deal with them. Fourthly, he's sorting out the emergence of the false prophets. So some fruitcakes, they thought that Prophethood is a good venture. <coughs> Muhammad, you know, became famous and he got powerful. So they started calling themselves prophets. So Ahudu Billah, Abu Bakr Siddiq had to sort them out as well. And fifthly, his launching of the campaigns against the two superpowers of the time, the Persians and the Romans. So simultaneously he attacked the Persian superpower and the Roman superpower. So 
That's in a nutshell what he did in a short and critical rule. Thus indeed, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu's election to the high post was critical for the survival of Islam itself. And what did Abu Huraira so passionately say? So Abu Huraira lived through this. Abu Huraira radiyallahu said, I swear by the being besides whom none other is worthy of worship. No one would have been worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had Abu Bakr radiyallahu not been appointed as the Khalifa. He repeated this three times. This is in Behaki, Ibn Asakir in Mukhtasab, volume 1, page 124, Al-Bidaya, volume 6, page 305, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 2, page 86 of the New English Translation. So think about that. Abu Huraira radiyallahu, he swore a qasm three times. He goes, I swear the qasm, no one would have been worshipping the Lord of the worlds if Abu Bakr had not become the Khalifa. So could you have put it more dramatically? <laughs> Imagine, somebody goes, what if uh, Umar became the Khalif? Islam would have been destroyed. Well, he said, brother, you're going to be too far there. <laughs> Umar, you know, Umar is Umar. He goes, oh, you know more than Abu Huraira. <laughs> because Islam would have been destroyed. Now, what did he mean by that? He meant Abu Bakr did not budge from Rasulullah's commands. If he had budged even slightly, Allah's help would have gone. The others buckled. Don't send the army out. Stabilize your command, etc. etc. So Abu Huraira just put his in a beautiful you know, paragraph. I swear the qasm, I swear the qasm, I swear the qasm. No one would have worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Had Abu Bakr not been appointed the Khalif. So now look how interesting. Would we be now sitting here in the masjid if Abu Bakr was not the Khalif? <laughs> Would I be talking about this if Abu Bakr had not been appointed? So it affects everybody. <laughs> so Abu Huraira goes, you must realize what an immense you know, gift Abu Bakr was to us. Indeed, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu's awesome stance in those most troubled days was never forgot. Abu Hussein rahmatullahi he said, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiyallahu took a stance in the days of apostasy, which was like the stance of one of the prophets themselves. Alayhi salatu wasalam. This is recorded by Imam Suyuti rahmatullahi in his Tariq al-Khulafa. So another righteous soul from the Salaf, he goes, the best way to describe Abu Bakr when all of this was, you know, the grey clouds had, the storm clouds had emerged. He goes, he took a stance like a prophet, even though he wasn't. But if you look at his khilafat, you would think like Allah Ta'ala's guiding him, like a prophet. His most exalted daughter, our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha, she said, after Rasulullah passed away, all the Arab tribes renounced Islam and hypocrisy reared its ugly head. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, such conditions face my father that would have crushed a mighty mountain. The companions of Rasulullah appeared to be like wet sheep on a rainy night in a forest infested with wild animals. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whenever the companions disputed any matter, my father would eliminate its harm, take control of the reins, 
and pass a decisive judgment. Subhanallah. This is recorded in Tabarani. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 9, page 50, stated Sahih. Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 2, page 86 of the New English Translation. So let's look at this. So Aisha, our beloved mother, Sayyida uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq's most exalted daughter, she said, and she's, she was very, very eloquent. She was blessed with incredible eloquence. After the Prophet passed away, وسلم, all the Arab tribes renounced Islam. That, that is not a literal statement. Because if that is literal, that means everybody left Islam. What she meant was, it was widespread. Makkah and Medina were safe and taif. According to one report, others were affected. But it was the chiefs of those tribes. The people generally were firm, but the chiefs went, you know, here why. Then she said, hypocrisy <laughs> reared its ugly head, meaning Munafis saw the opportunity, because this is the moment we can come out. Then she said, such conditions face my father, it would have crushed a mountain. He goes, Allah literally threw the kitchen sink at him. He goes, that would have destroyed a mountain, but it didn't affect my father. Then she said something amazing, and even in English you can capture the eloquence. <laughs> what did she say? The companions of Rasulullah appeared to be like wet sheep on a rainy night in a forest infested with wild animals. What a beautiful description. So somebody says to you, sheep, if they buy themselves, what happens? They're dead. Dead meat. He goes, okay, so they need somebody to protect them. What if they're wet? It's raining. There's a, you know, there's a storm. He goes, they're even less protected. What if they're in a forest infested with wild animals? He goes, that was the state of the Sahaba when Abu Bakr became the Khalifa. Forget about anybody else. He goes, they were that weak. So look at the amazing way she described the whole scenario. Then she said, whenever the companions disputed any matter, and what were they disputing? Everything. <laughs> How do we wash his, the, the Prophet's body? Where is he buried? What's this? What should we do? And Abu Bakr is always there. Aisha goes, giving commands. This is what you do. This is how you do it. So Aisha was saying, my father was the perfect man. And how sublime were the words of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud when he said, after the death of Rasulullah we were on the verge of destruction except for the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu. Subhanallah, he gathered us. He collected us to be united and to worship Allah until the certainty comes. Subhanallah. This is recorded by Hafiz ibn al atir in his Al-Qamil, volume 2, page 342. So who's Abdullah ibn Masood? So again, these just people like names. What's he saying? He's saying we were on the verge of destruction, on the pit of destruction. But Allah Ta'ala sent the gift. He goes, his gift was Abu Bakr. He goes, he stopped us, restrained us, gathered us. And he goes, he put, he put us back on track. Was Ali ibn al-Madini, the great muhaddith, rahmatullah he said, Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aided this religion through Sayyidina Abu Bakr, radiyallahu, on the day of apostasy, 
and through Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahmatullahi on the day of the trial recorded by Hafiz Zahabi in his Tathkilatul Hufaz 2-432 so Ali ibn al-Madini was Amir al-Mu'minin al-Hadith he said Allah Ta'ala protected the entire religion on the shoulders of two men so he went that far because the entire Islam was put on the shoulders of two men one was Abu Bakr when people apostatized, Allah Ta'ala put the whole of Islam. He was the Jama'ah. Um, Abdullah ibn Masood said, the Jama'ah is the one who has the truth, even if he's one. So who was the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah? Abu Bakr Siddiq. He was the only one. According to Abdullah ibn Masood. And the second was Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. When the fitna of those who said the Quran is created, he had to go through 28 months in prison. They almost killed him because they said, say that the Quran is created. He goes, I'm never going to say that. Allah Ta'ala put Islam on their shoulders. Why? Because he wanted to highlight how great these two men were. Abu Bakr Siddiq, and Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbullah. So how grateful were the companions after the, the great test? The most public display of gratitude in this regard was arranged by no other than Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab In Ibn Asakir, Kanzul Umal, volume 4, page 350, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 3, page 648 of the New English Translation, Abu Raja Utaridih, he said, When I arrived in al Madina, I beheld a gathering at the center of which a man was kissing the head of another. And he was saying, we would have been destroyed had it not been for you. So stop in the report. So this Tabi'in, he comes into al Madina, and he sees a kind of a ceremony, strange ceremony taking place. In the middle of it, he sees one man kissing the head of another man. And whilst he's kissing his head, because we would have been destroyed had it not been for you. Thus I asked, who is the man kissing? I was informed that it was Umar ibn al-Khattab who was kissing the head of Abu Bakr Siddiq for fighting the renegades who had refused to pay zakat. So now this is very interesting. It's enough to say Jazakallah khair. The Prophet said, if anybody does you any favor and you say Jazakallah khairan, you've fulfilled the thanks or even more so. Why didn't the Sahaba just say that? <laughs> to Abu Bakr, Jazakallah khairan. <laughs> they were that moved. They understood what happened. They go, like you said, thank God you was here. <laughs> thank God. So Umar radiallahu, imagine what the ceremony was. This man, what was going on? Why is this? Who's this kissing? Who's that man? Who is he kissing? He goes, Umar is kissing Abu Bakr. And what did he say? We would have been destroyed had it not been for you. Mm-hmm. Think about that. We would have been destroyed. Thus, the invaluable lesson that the greatest man after the prophets taught one and all was simply this. One must stick to the sacred commands at all costs. Otherwise, one would inevitably be doomed to failure. <laughs> now think about that. Why did Allah Ta'ala 
in his great wisdom, subhanahu wa ta'ala, put so much pressure on the Sahaba there because he wanted to teach the entire ummah even when all hell is breaking loose, stick to the commands of the Prophet ﷺ. Don't swerve. Indeed, Abu Bakr Siddiq, on his own deathbed, he clarified this very thing to Sayyidina Umar. Think about that. He's dying, Abu Bakr. And what does he say to Umar? You have seen how I acted when Rasulullah passed away, Although it was a time when the creation was afflicted with a calamity like no other. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, had I even delayed the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, let alone neglect, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have assisted us and would rather have punished us instead. (coughs) And indeed the whole of Al-Madinah would have been engulfed in flames. This is recorded in Tabri in his Tariqh, volume 4, page 43, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 2, page 87 to 8 of the New English Translation. So look what he's telling Umar, <laughs> what was the, the most important thing he wanted to tell Umar on his deathbed? He said, you saw how I acted. He goes, the greatest thing, the test that anybody would experience is Rasulullah's passing. And you saw how I acted. And then he said, had I even delayed the command? Look how interesting. What was he talking about there? He was saying that, what were you telling me to do? They were saying, look, stabilize your authority. Then you can act upon the commands. That's what they were saying. The the intention was good. They said, look, you know, we're weak. Don't send the main army out. People aren't paying zakat. They don't understand. Give them a bit of time. They'll come around. He goes, if I had delayed... Allah's help would have gone. Then look what he said. We would have been punished and the whole of Medina would have been in flames. <laughs> so what was he telling Umar? You better not budge from any command of Rasulullah. So what better than the priceless words of our beloved messenger himself? What did he say? In Ibn Asakr. It is incumbent, it is obligatory upon my ummah to love Abu Bakr and indeed show gratitude to him. It is incumbent upon my ummah to love Abu Bakr and indeed to show gratitude to him. It is recorded in Ibn Asakr. The Prophet already knew, even though it's not happened. But it's already been played out to the Prophet And imagine Sahaba hearing this. Why did the Prophet say that about Abu Bakr? He goes, it's obligatory upon you to love Abu Bakr. You got no, you got, you got no say in the matter. And to show gratitude to him. Why do you think Umar did that ceremony? The command of the Prophet So how do we show gratitude to Abu Bakr? By knowing what he did for us. You go to a person now. Who was the first caliph? He goes, Abu Bakr. He goes, was he a good ruler? He goes, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, what, what, if, uh, what if Ali became the first caliph? He goes, oh, he'd be fantastic. He goes, there'd be no Islam. 
Then you go, oh, brother, come on, you can't say that. That's what the Sahaba said. They've been, guess, have another guess. Well, if Umar, Umar became Khalif, it's not below Islam. That means you don't understand what Abu Bakr's done for you. And that's how foolish the Rawafid are. Imagine, it? They go, no, no, no. The biggest mistake this Umar ever made was they made Abu Bakr the Khalif. Look at this contrast. Right? You're thinking, hang on a minute, right? We're supposed to be like, you know, showing love and gratitude to him. And you're saying that he devised a plot and he got into power. <coughs> and even though he wasn't deserving of power, God helped him. Is that what you're saying? We don't know Ali was doing things in background to get sure just you know so line. So Lord again Allah is teaching you something here. And he did it in what? Less than 30 months. Think imagine when he goes to you. You got two years and a few months to sort all this out. What, what, what do I need to sort out? The whole of Islam. So the Persians are, so the Romans are, so the Munafiks are, so the mischief mongers are, those not paying zakat, so the false prophets are. Good luck. Where are you going to start? Right? Somebody goes to you, who did that? Abu Bakr did it. So when you become acquainted with that, that is your gratitude to him. You appreciate what he's done. But how many have fulfilled this command of the Prophet? I'm Ashik. Are you Ashik? Did the Prophet say something like this? It is obligatory upon my Ummah to love Abu Bakr and show gratitude to him. He's not even at the leaf. He goes, Where is that then, brother? Right? He goes, Right? And then you go and look how Abu Huraira, this is why I've mentioned it. Why do you think I'm mentioning it? Because Abu Huraira lived through it. He swore a custom to I swear by the being besides whom none other is worthy of worship. Three times. Nobody would be worshipping Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Abu Bakr had not been appointed the Khalif. Think about that. Abu, Abu Huraira because I don't want to go into detail. I'll just give you the answer. I'll swear the custom so you know that I fully understood what I'm saying. Because there'd be no Muslims without Abu Bakr. So he was inviting you to understand what he's telling you. And look how beautiful. When Rasulullah was seriously ill, who did he appoint as the Imam? Abu Bakr Siddiq. And then what happened? The wives, our beloved mothers, Aisha was saying to them, my father's too tender-hearted, he won't be able to read properly. So try to convince the Prophet to appoint somebody else. So Hafsat, Abu Bakr is tender-hearted and he weeps and he won't be able to lead this, that and the other. So the Prophet said, tell Abu Bakr to lead the prayer. And then she goes, but he's tender-hearted. Then he got angry. He goes, you women, you're like the women of Yusuf time. Tell Abu Bakr to lead the prayer. I think about that. What was he referring to there? The women tried to seduce Yusuf so what was the Prophet telling his wives? You're just like them. In other words, is it a good thing they try to seduce him? So what was the Prophet saying? He has to be the Imam. Then what happened? One faithful hadith is in Bukhari. Another hadith in Abu Dawood Sahih. Once the Prophet was unconscious, Abu Bakr Siddiq was not around. Something had happened. So one of the companions, he goes, Umar, lead the prayer. So Umar, he leads the prayer. Mashallah, got a loud voice. 
So he's opening takbir, what's you know, very loud? He goes, Allahu Akbar. So Rasulullah comes around. He goes, Allah Ta'ala and his messenger deny this. Allah Ta'ala and his messenger deny this. Where is Abu Bakr? And then the people, you know, they start, they're praying, it. they start the salat. And then after the prayer, Umar turns around. And he goes to the sahaba, he goes, why do you tell me to lead the prayer? <laughs> and then he, he goes, I thought that Rasulullah told you to tell me to lead the prayer. He goes, no, because I couldn't find Abu Bakr. And I thought, you're most deserving. <laughs> after him, he was right. But then the Prophet ﷺ told him, repeat the prayer. So Abu Bakr then came and he said, why? Because he would have called confusion. So the Prophet goes, never. Why? Because he goes, he has to, Islam's going to be on his shoulders. There can be no doubt about him leading the prayer. That's the clearest sign. In fact, the Prophet, to finish, the Prophet ﷺ was thinking of even writing it. The hadith is in Sayyid, Muslim. And the Prophet said to Abu Bak- uh, to Aisha and her brother Abdul Rahman ibn Abu Bakr, I was thinking of writing down your father as my successor. But then I realized Allah Ta'ala and the believers will not allow any, anybody else. <laughs> so the Prophet said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to write it. But then he says, Allah Ta'ala won't allow it, nor will the believers. So now this is a Sayyid hadith. Now we'll look at these you know, misguided Rawafid. They say, oh, that's convenient, isn't it? Because what's convenient? Because Aisha's the only one who narrates that. So you go, so, so what's your point? He goes, she's lying. She's just saying something to support her father. And you say, so our mother's lying. Yeah. So you want me to trust you and to belie my mother. Then you say, no, she's not a liar. And where's the proof she's not a liar? Because exactly <coughs> what was said happened. The Prophet said, I'm not going to do it. Allah Ta'ala is going to make Abu Bakr, the Khalif, and the believers. And did her words come true? So the proof is, she was telling, obviously she's telling the truth. But the fact that you're saying that she's lying, Astaghfirullah. So note again, all of this is so important when discussing the tragic passing of Rasulullah and Abu Bakr Siddiq. You know, did a job which you can only describe like a prophet, like one of the Salaf said. So all I mentioned today was a very quick brief of Abu Bakr Siddiq's magnificent rule and Abu Huraira's beautiful clarification, meaning it had to be Abu Bakr, otherwise there would be no Islam. Are there any questions you like to ask? Subhanallah <laughs>